How many have read the book The Shack? Okay, raise your hand if you've read the book The Shack. I want to see. If you haven't read it, what is wrong with you? No. <laughs> you got to read the book The Shack because it, it will heal and resolve daddy, father, God issues in there. It will help heal offense, unforgiveness. Um, the author's name is William Young, and he's an amazing man of God. He was a, he was a missionary. Um, he said he didn't know. He was a, a missionary uh, to Africa when he was a kid. He was raised in Africa, and he said he didn't know he was white until he was like 15 years old or whatever. He didn't know any difference because he was raised there, and he learned things about the culture and how to love people, and he learned about God and learned about God being a, a good father through some really tough things. He could tell his testimony, but you need to read the book. But I brought all that up for this reason. How many have heard of Forrest Whitaker? Stud actor, right? That guy's unbelievable. He's a great, he's one of the best actors out there, in my opinion. Well, he has taken the book, The Shack, and he's creating a manuscript. He's writing, directing, and he's going to star in a movie made by Lionsgate Entertainment on The Shack. How awesome is that? <laughs> wow. This is not, did you know what Hollywood labeled 2014? Anyone hear this other than, than me? Hollywood labeled this year in movies. The year of the Bible. Hey, what's going on? I mean, you've seen Noah's coming out, right? Russell Crowe being, that's a great character for Noah. Right? Russell Crowe being Noah. You got Noah coming out. You got another story of Jesus coming out. You've got, they're working on this movie, The Shack, and there's some other things coming up. I've always said uh, the best stories, the best stories ever told are in the Bible. Well, why aren't we seeing these on, on, you know, the big screen? I was telling uh, Monty, um, and we've had this discussion a lot, I think they need to do a rated R full-on version of the story of David and show the story of David. It's real life. And show that to the world and say, this is what God can do to a humble shepherd boy, even though he messed up over and over again, and show that in the theaters and, say, and just call it David and just tell the story, fact for fact, through his life. And so Monty said, someone's already working on that. So I'm like, go for it. Do it real. Don't do it cheesy Christian. You know, it's funny to me. We think that we have to edit the Bible for the world. <laughs> Careful. <we don't. laughs> the Bible's like, got some crazy stuff in it. And so we want to edit it. And we're like, really cautious. No, people need to know real life happens. And God is in the middle of real life. And so I wanted to just tell that testimony and, and pray for Pray for Forrest Whitaker. Pray that God... Is, and, and, and he said that the, this book was so important to him, this is why he wanted to take the role and wanted to have his hands in it. He didn't want to just have someone else do it. He wanted to act in it. He wanted to be right in the middle. So God's doing something. Amen? Amen. Let's pray for Hollywood. Yeah? Listen, would you pray right where you're at? Father, we love the creativity that's there. These people are unbelievable. Their minds, their creativity, their storytelling, their, uh, their excellence in, in telling stories on screen and technology and their ability to market. They're awesome at it, God. I pray that you would just turn them upside down and help them fall in love with you. That they would take their skills and their talents and begin to portray a different reality. <laughs> I pray, Lord, that those that are even in the middle of turmoil now of deciding, should I go with my conservative Christian mindset or should I go with what Hollywood typically is I pray you help them to be pushed over the line forever help them not to be afraid any longer Lord this so called blacklist of people that are, are exiled from Hollywood because of their beliefs we pray that it goes away in Jesus name we pray that there's no insider mob for people that speak out as Christians we break that hold right now in Jesus name we know we're not praying something new. This is something you've already started. We're just jumping in on it. So God, we pray that you'd raise up writers. Help. We need good storytellers again. Yep. We need good storytellers. God, I ask that you would inspire people. Give them dreams and visions. God, I pray that for those, those young companies that are trying to start out that want to do this right, I pray you give them the funding that they need, God. I pray that funding would come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, that they would have more money than they know what to do, that they would have a backlog of stories and movies that they want to make, that they're already funded, that they don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, that's good. Well, let's go home. <laughs> oh, man, I read that and I was so excited.
Uh, if you, I follow William Young on, on Twitter, and he does a thing um, every, every day, every few days, where he says, things you will never hear God say. Like, like you're too difficult to, for me to handle. Or, like, and then there's some that really mess your brain up. You're like, whoa, I didn't know. It's just things you would never hear God say. So when he posted that, I, I sent him a tweet back, and I said, things you will never hear God say. Hollywood is not interested in stories about me. And so I sent that to him. Like, they are, we are interested in stories about God, right? <clears throat> it doesn't have to be cheesy. I mean, bless God for Kirk Cameron and all the movies that have come out. Thank him. Amen. We want him to keep doing it. But I want some real, raw, tell the story, God's stories. Amen? Well, Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for everything that you're doing. I pray that right now you would just begin to um, loosen our hearts up, open our ears, prepare us for what you're about to do. Hmm. I ask that you would right now just begin to prepare us for what you're going to do today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> would you open your Bible to, man, I'm, let's go to, let's go to Galatians 4. How about that? We'll just change things up. Today I want to I talk about being free, about freedom. How many really want like, to really be free? Not free where you're looking over your shoulder, or free where you're looking to see if the past is still following you, or you sleep at night where you can just see if your past is haunting you. I mean where you're really free, where you're really um, a new creation, amen? <clears throat> And we'll see where this goes. Uh, there's a lot of things on my heart on this topic. Um, we'll just go for it. Let's read Galatians chapter 4 verse... Let's start with verse 1. And if you really want to understand and know everything that's going on here, you need to go back and read all of Galatians in its entirety. And uh, we just don't have time to do that um, all here this morning. Um, so Galatians 4 verse 1. And Paul says, What I'm saying is that as long as the heir is a child, then he's no different from the servant. All right. Although he owns the whole estate. So as long as the heir, an heir is someone who has a right to, to the fullness uh, and in the inheritance of the father. As long as the heir is a child, he doesn't have the full rights. Because he still has guardians and people over him to make sure and nannies and stuff to, to keep them in line. Because they aren't to an age yet where they can manage themselves according to the fullness of what the father already has. See, listen to me. The reason that we go through seasons of our life or times in our life where we are, where it feels like we're being nannied again. Yeah. How many of you ever gone through, I've, I've gone through this over and over, where I feel like, man, God, you're having to give me a tutor again? Like, I'm, ha I'm a school child again, and I'm having to go back and do simple things. But what, it's, what God is doing is he's working on my character, and he's working on your character in those times because he wants to give us the fullness of his kingdom. So because he loves us so much, He'll bring us back and he'll treat us as a child for a season so that he can put into us and discipline us and train up a child so that when we grow up, we won't depart from the boundaries and the, the way that God operates. So don't be frustrated if you go back to a season where you feel like God's treating you like a child again. It's okay. He disciplines those that he loves. Just as a father disciplines his children. You guys still with me? So when we go through this season, he's not doing it to punish us. He's doing it to reward us. He's doing it to prepare us for the fullness. He knows that we don't have the capability in us or the structure built up inside of us to hold the weight of what he wants to give us. And if he gives it to us when we don't have the capacity to hold it, it will crush us. It will damage us. And not only that, um, we'll be scared to try again sometimes. So he's saying, as long as the heir is a child, you don't have the full rights. You don't have full access to everything, right? Then he goes on, and he says, he's subject to the guardians and the nannies, the trustees. So also, when we were children, we were in bondage under the basic principles of the world. But when time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those of us who were under the law that we might receive full rights as sons and daughters. Would, would you say full rights? Full rights. Full rights. Full rights of sons and daughters. That means we can sign for God. Like it's a joint checking account. It works with either signature. Like on our checking account, if I write a check, it goes through. If my wife writes a check, it goes through. If we grow up into God and become full sons and daughters, then when we sign checks or God signs the checks, it, has, it comes from the same account. We have the authority to pull from the kingdom. You don't believe me? Jesus said there will become a time where you'll ask me for anything and I'll just give it to you so that my father receives glory. Now you haven't asked for anything yet, but there will come a time where you will write checks left and right from my father's account. And, I'm, and he's really telling them, I want you to do this. It's the father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom and everything that comes with it. There, it, it the time for, for us living, living beneath what's possible is over. Listen to me. The time for you and I, uh, where we live in, in, in meager expectation, it's over. This is a new day. It's a new season. I felt very strongly that last week God declared that over us as a house. So it's a new season. Sarah started see, it's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. And I believe that with all my heart. It is a new season. The thing is, I have to awaken with the, with the expectation that I'm in a new season. That means new, new ways of doing things. The old things that I did in the last season will not work in the new season. Like when the Israelites came to the Jordan, they were about to cross into the promised land. The Bible says that the day they stepped into the promised land, the next day there was no more manna and there was no more, uh, no more sustenance from heaven from God. That they ate the next day from the fruit of the land. Why? Because the, the thing that sustained them and kept them alive in the last season wasn't enough to keep them alive for the new season. The prophecy over them was you're going to eat from, from harvest and from crops that you didn't plant. And you're going to live in houses that you didn't build. Listen to that. Everyone in this room, you are about to begin eating fruit that you did not plant. You're about to live in houses that you didn't build. Amen. Now that's not an excuse to become a squatter. <laughs> you know what I'm where you just sit there and enjoy it and don't do anything else. Because then, who, who has something to eat after you? But what it does mean is it gives you the authority and the right to stop doing what worked in the last season, even if it was a good thing. I know there are a lot of things that used to work, work for me that just, they don't work anymore. Not because they're bad or because they were sin or because they were evil. But it's a different season it's a different season. It's a new season for you. That means that there's going to be a shifting in some of the things that you do. <clears throat> he said he came, verse 5, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Verse 6, because you are sons. So he immediately tells them he came to give you the right to be a son. And then he immediately starts talking to them like sons. One breath, the next breath, he's talking to them from a different perspective. It's like he's convincing them, hey, you're sons. You have the opportunity to be sons and daughters. Go for it. And then he goes, now because you're sons, God sent the spirit of his son. Because you're sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. And his spirit inside of us cries out, Abba, Father. Daddy, Father. Oh. It said, formerly you did not, when you did not know God, you were in bondage to those who were by nature weren't even gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, I love that. But now that you, that you know God, oh, but rather are known by God. How many want to be known by God? He says, how is it that you would turn back to weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be in bondage in them all over again? So what he's saying is, it's a new season for you. Stop acting like the old person. 
Stop acting from the same mindset that you used to have. If you'll skip over to um, uh, Galatians 5 verse 1, he says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm and do not let yourself become burdened into bondage again. So here's, here's where we're going with this. When I, when I say freedom, I want you to think of it this way from now on. When you hear the word freedom in Christ, I want you to hear sons and daughters. Freedom in Christ means I have the freedom to act as a son. Freedom doesn't mean I can just do whatever I want to do, even though I can do whatever I want to do. Freedom means I have been given the authority to operate and act as a son would operate. That's it. I felt like today the Lord wanted to break a, a bondage mindset. And it, it doesn't have to be something that's holding us in bondage. It could be our own mindsets. It could be the, our own thinking. It could be um, things that we learned growing up. Patterns that were built into us as we grew up. That have locked us into a specific outcome. There, there are, it's like in our brain, the wiring will lead to a specific outcome. You can't, you can't go outside of the wiring that's there. Today, the Lord wants to rewire us. He wants to reboot our system and give us a new operating system. Because it's impossible to have the fullness of, of God's inheritance if I think in the old operating system. I have to have a new mind. See, in the Old Testament, they're like, who can think like God? I don't even understand that guy. Who can understand him? But then Paul comes and he quotes that and he says, but we have the mind of Christ. We can. Who can think like God? We can think like God. See, it's not, it's not about the discipline's important. Don't get me wrong. Discipline's very important. But I can't discipline myself to act like a son. I cannot discipline myself and become a son and act like a son of God. I have to be disciplined by God, but I have to think differently. Like we said earlier, we can, we can have all the spreadsheets and all the, the promises over our finances or whatever, but if, if our thinking isn't different, then all that stuff is not, it's just going to be a waste. Those systems aren't bad. <laughs> But they're only useful with a new operating system to go with them. So today, the Lord wants to break us from a bondage mindset to where we don't feel like we're sons or daughters. Bondage is really an orphan spirit. <clears throat> There's nothing as pitiful and sad, I don't mean like all well, pitiful, I mean sad, than the orphan spirit. When, when you see a son or a daughter not have the issues with their parents resolved, or as grown people too, we, have, we don't have issues resolved with our parents, it's sad. The Lord wants to deal with that stuff. What's even more sad is when we have the orphan spirit in relation to God, and we don't really see Him as He really is. And everything He's doing is to get our attention and to draw our attention to his goodness and that he's a good father. <laughs> when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, hey, uh, teach us to pray. We want to pray like you pray. Up until this point in time, I did a study on this when I was a youth pastor. This prayer that Jesus taught them broke all of the old systems just by the first two words. He says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. <laughs> He's like, up until this point, you, you, you weren't sons or daughters. But from this point on, when you pray, come to God as a son. Come to God as a daughter. You're not an orphan anymore. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. But I will come to you. And I will send my spirit to you. Jesus told the disciples, I have to leave. Because if I don't leave, then He can't come. And you really want the Holy Spirit to be here. 
Because he's the one that's going to come inside of you into your heart and he's going to begin to speak things that you don't even know. I was praying over Gage earlier. I was like, God, help Gage to know things that he hasn't been taught. I, I, that's what Holy Spirit does. He teaches us. And then, then we just read it. He causes us, when we didn't know how, to say, Daddy, Father, our Father. We don't, you don't have a sin problem. I don't have a sin problem. It's an orphan problem. When we realize that we're sons and daughters, the old stuff, it loses, its, it loses its value in our eyes. Completely loses its value. No one has to tell any person who turns their heart towards God. No one has to come and tell them what's worthless anymore. Because when their hearts turn towards God and they see true beauty, they know immediately, here's God, here's everything else. That's worthless. He's the only thing worthy. No one has to legislate behavior. No one has to legislate mindsets. It comes with the, with the package of being a son or a daughter. Matthias made me so happy the other day. We were playing a basketball game in their room. And, you know, we always, we've always made up stupid games. So we were trying to bounce the ball off the floor and do all this stuff to make a basket. And it was proving to be very difficult. I thought we'd do it pretty quick. So Josiah beat his dad and made it first. Actually, Matthias made his first, but he went under first and then back through, so it didn't count. So Joe won. So I finally make mine, and literally, here we go, minutes go by, and 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and Matthias is the last one, and he's still trying. He's not going to quit. And he goes, Daddy, we're Pattersons, and we don't quit. (laughs) And I was like, that's right. I don't have to tell him to not quit. He knows, as a son of Jared... He saw his daddy not going to quit till he made it. He knows, he knows that's what Patterson's are. We don't quit. We're not quitters. And sure enough, we, I said, Matthias, do you want to pray and ask God to help you make this? Because, like, we need to go eat dinner. <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah. So we prayed, and literally three, three bounces later, he makes it. I was like, that's it. But I was so proud of him for knowing what Patterson's are about. We don't quit. We're bulldogs. I don't have to teach my kids to be bulldogs. They're already stubborn from birth. <laughs> I don't have to... I, Josiah throws... If you've never seen Josiah throw a ball, you need to, we need to charge money for you to come see this kid throw a ball. He's, like, he's got an unbelievable arm. He's just an athlete. No one taught him how to throw. I mean, he's literally a, not even hardly walking, and he's throwing a ball like no one around. That came through our family. That's just what we do. We throw baseballs really hard, really far. I never had to teach him. That's who we are. Matthias teaches us the kingdom all the time. I, don't, I have not sat down and taught Matthias some of the things that he has said to me that he just already knows. You can come up with examples in your own family where your kids just do things and no one sat them down and said, this is how we do things. It's when they were born... They were sons and daughters of your family, and they brought with them the characteristics of the family just by being sons and daughters. No effort involved. So what he's saying here is that God sent his spirit inside of you so that you can become sons and daughters. When you, when you become a son or daughter, everything shifts. Amen? You guys okay? I'm going to finish this up. Another thought here. <clears throat> Ephesians 5. I want to read some of this real quick. Ephesians 5, verses 8 through 17. Ephesians 5, verse 8. It says, You were once darkness, but now you are light. So live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And this says, find out what pleases the Lord. Everyone say that with me. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Expose them. Now, we think expose them. It gives us the right to point out sin. No, it doesn't. Because then he says, it's even shameful to mention what the disobedient do in secret. 
So how can we expose it vocally if we're not supposed to even mention what the disobedient do in secret? We're just supposed to shine, right? We're supposed to create a contrast. We're supposed to create a contrast in the world. You guys okay? But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For if, uh, for it is the light that makes everything visible. That's why he said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. And then he tells us this, these are instructions. Be very careful then how you live. Don't live as unwise people, but live as wise people. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. He said, don't be foolish. Know what God's will is and do it. Find out what pleases the Lord. <clears throat> I wanted to get to this specific point right here, all right? So, Awake, O sleeper, your sons and daughters, you're no longer darkness, you're children of the light, you have a new way of thinking, it's available, it's here, it's, it's, it's ready, now you're free to live. Um, I was watching a, a show, um, I don't even want to tell you what it is because I'm embarrassed, I can't even name, it was on the Oprah Winfrey Network, oh, that's all I'm going to say, so I, <laughs> shut up Kyle, it was Ayan, whatever her name is. That lady who does sozos on the Oprah Winfrey Network, basically. And it was Terrell Owens was on there. Anyone else see this? Please, somebody. Thank, oh, it's a lady, of course. Any other men? <laughs> anyway, I, I, I never even, I don't even know what channel the Oprah Winfrey Network is. So apparently Mandy was watching some biography on somebody, and it was on. And when, the, when I turned the TV on, it was Terrell Owens, and he's crying. I was like, I got to record this and watch it later when no one knows. <laughs> but what happened was, you know, he had a horrible um, upbringing, and he was a broken man. He's about to be 40 years old, and he's just broken. And all I could do is sit there and cry for him. Like, this guy, you want to look at him and be angry that he stands in the star. I'll never forget it. Stands in the star, and, and, and thank God for it. Was it George Teague, right? Took him out for us. Good job, George Teague. But... You think of all the things and the antics and the craziness of Terrell Owens and the circus that comes with him. He's an orphan. He had an orphan heart. He did his, his own father. His mom was 16. The man across the street got her pregnant. He was 30-something. He never knew who his dad was, but he lived across the street from him. The only way he found out who his dad was was he started having a crush on the girl across the street. And because it was his sister, they had to expose that this is your father. And all he wanted was his dad. Orphan. So all the destructive behavior comes back to he was an orphan. He didn't know who he was. So he, they went through the sozo. Really, that's what I called it. it. It was a mystical kind of sozo. Not so much godly, but she was getting to the root and helping him sort through these things. And all I could think about was this, this phrase came to mind. Oftentimes, people feel confused when they were in bondage, but now they're set free because they realize they have options. And this is what I felt for today. I said everything I said to get to this point, all right? I felt like if it's not one person, there's a couple of people maybe here that you have felt confused lately. And it's not, it's not confusion. You just have options now. You can make decisions. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're free now. It's not confusion. God's not the author of confusion. But for someone who is, who my, my orphan spirit, my brokenness dictated everything that I did. I was, I was a slave. I was in bondage to my orphan spirit. So everything I did, I didn't have a choice. It was a reaction. But now that thing's broken. I'm a son or a daughter. Now I have countless options in front of me. Sometimes we go crazy. You're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. You're not confused. You have the option to choose now. And you know what? You can actually choose well. You're going to make a good choice. Everyone say, I can make good choices. Huh. And as I was watching that, I just felt that so strong that there was going to be somebody here today that needed this. That you're, you, you call it, I mean, I'm so confused. No, you're not. You're free now. 
and there's nothing dictating to you what you're supposed to do. You're free. You have options. And you need to be confident in your ability to make decisions because you want to please the Lord. It's in your heart to please God. It's not, you have, there's nothing in you that says, I want to hurt God or do things that hurt me. You have the capability to make the right choice. So make a choice. Choose. I love what Joshua said in Joshua 24. Choose this day whom you will serve. And he says, as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. Now, I feel like you've been confronted with things and you, you didn't know what to do. And the Lord's going to give you confidence today to choose. He's not going to tell you what to do. Hello? Like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> Why would you go from bondage to bondage? It would be bondage for God to dictate what I'm supposed to do. It would be. And I, I, I felt this a couple months ago when we were ministering to someone. They were really frustrated. And the reason that they were frustrated is because they wanted God to control them, but God wouldn't do it. And they were frustrated. Why won't God control me? Why won't he tell me what to do? If he would just tell me what to do, I would do it. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> he wants you to choose. You're going to choose well. Why does he want you to choose? Because he wants to reward your choices. Don't call it confusion. You have options. Now, my wife, if you give her many options, it's confusion. <laughs> I remember when we were dating, I never wanted to shop with Mandy. And, and so I made a declaration, I am not shopping with you. <sighs> it was in our vows. <laughs> I will love and honor and respect. I will not shop with you. <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> she, she takes forever. And then she'll try on stuff. How does this look? You look so sexy, baby. Oh, I don't like it. It makes my hips look big. That's why I look sexy. <laughs> Do you not understand, men? <laughs> and she'll try on all this stuff, and it looks great. And we'll walk out of the store with zero items bought. <laughs> right. Oh, because she had too many choices. There are too many options. And the thought of making a decision overwhelmed her. It still does. It does that for some people. Matthias is the same way. If he has too many toys, they're going to be everywhere because he doesn't know what to do with all the toys. I've got to play with all of them at once. That's not confusion. It's a lack of focus and discipline, but it's not confusion. Sorry, babe. I'm the, I, I know what I want before I go. I don't want to be there any longer than I have to. Right, man? Get in and get out. Same way at a restaurant. Don't give me a menu. I know what I want. I order the same thing every time I go. Don't waste my time with that menu. Let's go. Bring the chips and salsa. <laughs> but some people have our time when they're in decisions. And I, I, felt, I felt like it was the Spirit of God was telling me that that there will be at least one, maybe two, maybe more people that are in a season now where things have changed and you're, you feel confused, but you're not confused. You're going to make the right choice and the Lord's going to reward you for making the right choice. Amen? You're sons and daughters. You got this. You know how the Father thinks. He's your dad. I love it. He, he's your maker. He made you fearfully and wonderfully. Read Psalm 139. Read it. If you're having a hard time with your self-esteem or believing you're valuable, you read Psalm 139 until you believe it. Amen. That's the love song of God over you. Psalm 139. How precious are your thoughts. If I were to count them, they were more than the stars in the heavens and more than the sands on the shores. I wove you in the intimate place. I created you. I fashioned you. You're valuable. And you can make the right choices. Alright? You guys good? Yeah. 
you know his voice. I'll close with this. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And they will not follow, follow another. Follow another. We're in Texas. That's right. We're my cowboy boots. <clears throat> hey, my, my mom's family's from Denver, so I am a Bronco fan. If the Cowboys played the Broncos, up until recently, I would always cheer for the Cowboys. But now it's kind of hard. It makes it difficult. So at the risk of having a blowout tonight, I'm going to say go Broncos. Please don't make them lose. No. The Lord wants you to be free today. He wants you to run. It is for freedom that Christ set you free. He set us free so that we can run, run, run. What do you say? He says, take the vision, write it down, so that the one that carries it can, can run with it. Not tiptoe because they're afraid of the choices or what's in the way. Run because they know with all their heart. Their heart is directing them where to go. Would you stand? We're going to pray into this. <clears throat> and then we'll do altar and stuff separate, separately. But I want to pray into this first. <clears throat> Would you bow your heads and, and close your eyes? Because I want to, uh, I, I feel like I need to say this. Someone here that this is for, um, I, I felt that there were things that happened in life specifically and and now where you're at you really do, you don't know what to do i mean you, you're doing what you know to do but i mean you feel confused but you're not and the lord wants you to know that it's okay that he will never leave you he'll never abandon you and he has complete confidence in you and that you you've already pleased him you don't have to do anything to please him. You're, he's already well pleased with you. And that he wants to go on this next season and journey of your life with you as a partner. Huh. So Father, right now we drive back uh, the voices that are not yours. That's it. We just drive those back. We silence them. Huh. If, you're, if you've been hearing those voices, there's an antidote for that in the scripture. It's Psalm 8, I think it's Psalm 8, verse 2. And it says, God has ordained praise to silence the foe and the avenger. Yeah. Matt hit on it so strongly three weeks ago or so when he had us praise. The thing that silences the foe, the, the, the accuser of the brethren, the avenger, is the praise of his people. So if you're in that season, praise. Even if it feels like, I don't really mean this, do it anyway. It's not fake, it's faith. <laughs> Just go for it and begin to praise. And then as you do that, all the other voices are going to go away. You're going to hear clearly His voice, and then you're going to know exactly what you need to do. The Bible says in Isaiah that as you're walking, you will hear whether you turn to the right or to the left, Isaiah 30, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear His voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And he's going to do that. And he's so gentle, he won't force you. <laughs> he wants to go on a walk with you. So God, I just release right now the tension and the striving uh, and anything that comes outside of peace against them. We bind those things. And I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. He wants to reward you. He wants to reward you. And I was going to get into this. The, um, the, when you pray, he says, pray in secret. And the Father who sees in secret will reward you publicly. <laughs> the Lord wants to reward you. So that's why we have choices. Amen? Amen. All right. We're going to do things differently from now on. I have to apologize for the way we've done altar ministry see God wants to minister to every need every week Amen. or you don't walk out with something uh, left undone because he's really good and he wants to be in a relationship with us and so uh, would you bow your heads I'm going to ask this if you're here and 
you know that your connection with God is not what it should be, or, and you want it to be fixed, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Thank you, thank you. Can I tell you this, right when you, when you felt that you wanted it right, He made it right, because your heart was turned toward the Lord, so you don't have to do anything extra now to make Him right, to make it right. Your heart turned, and it's right now. Now, from there, you're going to live as a son or daughter. Anyone else? Oh, yeah. Would you just grab hands with someone? We want to pray this. I've been doing this with my boys, and I'm just going to say a prayer. I want you to say it with me, all right? This is not to make things right with God. This is just a a new conversation with Him, all right? So, dear God, I want you to know that I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that I can hear your voice. I'm thankful that I'm a son or daughter. <laughs> That's all right. I acknowledge that I need you. <laughs> And I want what you want. I want to say what you say. I ask you to walk with me. Let's do life together. Let's have fun. I cast all my anxiety on you. I trust you with me, and I decide right now to be yours forever. Amen. Do you know that you can say a yes to God that's a forever yes? You haven't heard this from me. I always say I used to say a lot of little yeses to God over and over every week. I was a church boy, so every week it was another yes. Every service was another yes. And then I can remember specifically, I was sitting in my car, and my wife called me out through a prophetic intercession word, and I gave my heart to the Lord wholly before we were married. She called me out, and it was God's voice speaking through my wife. And I remember I was sitting in my Jeep in my parking lot at my apartment, and I sat there, and I knew things had to shift, things had to change. And all my little yeses didn't mean anything, but I gave them an all-capital yes. And that yes has kept me through this season, through this whole life. That yes is an eternal yes with God. We're married, we're not dating. And that shifted for me, and I believe with all my heart that you can say yes to God and say yes to Him, and it never changed from yes. You may go through seasons of ups and downs, but your yes is your yes. He said he can't disown himself. <laughs> we may be unfaithful to him, but he is faithful because he cannot disown himself. So you may go through seasons. That's fine. We can deal with seasons. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff and church family and friends and all that. But your yes can stay yes forever. Amen. We have communion if you want to take communion. But before we do that, I want to say if you need healing in your body, we want to pray for healing. We absolutely want to see healing. How many, how many need healing for something? I'm, I'm raising my hand. No more. I'm so tired of this. Tired of feeling sick, feeling sore, my back aching. I'm not old enough for all this, right? I can barely make it up our stairs. What am I going to do in 10 years? Lord, we need healing. Anyone else? Someone, we know a uh, um, family member. Name again? William. I almost said William. William Gowans, he needs healing from pneumonia and some other things that he's going through right now. Near Galveston, Texas, we release healing to him right now over William, God. Someone else, you have a family member needs healing. Say say name out. Yes. Amy, what is wrong? If you can say it, if you want to. Blood pressure. Anyone else, blood pressure. Father, we release the regulation of blood pressure right now. I ask that you would unclog and fix and do whatever you have to do to fix the tension and the pressure. I I pray that everyone that that is in this state of high blood pressure, hypertension, that they'll learn the peace and the rest of God. 
that will overcome all of that, God. In Jesus' name. Any, something else. Nathaniel, what's up? Heart. Anyone else have heart? Heart issues. Heart. Father, we release healing over hearts today. <laughs> Someone may need a new heart. You can do that. Give them a new heart, God. <laughs> Someone else. Arthritis, psoriasis. Anyone else arthritis issues? Mother-in-law. So, Father, we release, okay, with that, I just feel like there needs to be healing from unforgiveness. And, and Father, we release uh, we forgiveness into these right now, into the families, into their hearts. And I believe that as they forgive, then the arthritis is going to go away. My, my mom's dad, who's from Denver, um, his name was Bliss. And he was the most angry, cantankerous, not blissful person to be around. And he got arthritis so bad that he had, they looked like golf balls and, and even bigger than golf balls on his elbows. He had horns on his hands and, and his shoes, had golf balls on the back of his feet, all kinds of stuff. And it was, he was full of bitterness and unforgiveness, not just towards others, but for himself. And, and I wish I would have known then what I know now, you know, and help him out before, before he went on. But uh, that, that bitterness takes a root inside of us, and it's, it's unhealthy. So um, that's actually what the first lesson this Wednesday in Kingdom Foundations is about unforgiveness and offense. You can't go into the kingdom with unforgiveness. So let's deal with that. If you're here and, and you're, you, let's, God, <laughs> no more unforgiveness. <laughs> you said that you, you can't forgive us if we can't forgive others. Hmm. Someone else, he, uh, a healing thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, but my mother-in-law, um, she, when she has, di- has been diagnosed with diabetes, she's had that for years, but okay. now it's like a 50% or 20%. Okay. And diabetes, anyone, that's a, a, a common one, but it shouldn't be common. Let's make diabetes infamous <laughs> instead of famous. Father, we break the curse of diabetes. It's in my family, it's in my father, my papa. We break the curse of diabetes right now in Jesus' name. I ask that you would, I command the body to, to produce insulin and to do the things it's supposed to on its own in Jesus' name. Someone else, real quick, do a couple more. Yes. Neck and back. Back injuries. Anyone else? Back, knees, joints. Father, we ask that I'm standing for that one, God, for knees, backs, and joints, and necks to be healed. We speak over Aaron right now. We send your word. You said that you would send your word and heal their disease. So we release that right now. Healing to the bones. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that if you will tie his, his laws around your heart, that it would be healing to your bones and strength to your body. So we love your word, God. <laughs> kidneys. Anyone, kidneys. Anyone else? Kidney issues. Someone else, name something else. Sorry. Migraines. No more. God's healed me of migraines. So, Father, I release the testimonies of the spirit of prophecy. No more migraines, God. Hmm. Allergies. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Monty. No more allergies. <laughs> Make us immune to those things, God. In Jesus' name. Anything else? I don't want to... Mi- cancer of any kind. With breast cancer, anyone else cancer? Father, we hate cancer. We ask that you would heal right now in Jesus' name. That you would remove the cancerous tissues right now from the body. That those cells will be taken out completely. In Jesus' name, we ask that you would operate right now and give her a clean bill of health, God. My, uh, my mom's mom from Denver had, had uh, cancer, and she's been cancer-free for almost 20 years or somewhere around 20 years. And it was a, a, a cancer that you don't live from. You have five years, and she's been uh, free for 20. So, amen for that. So we released a testimony, a testimony of Jesus. Anyone else? Yes. Kidney stones. Okay, so we had kidneys here, kidney stone. Anyone else? All right, kidneys, kidney stones, and eyesight, blindness. So let's pick one of those and let's pray for it. Father, we pray for new kidneys. We pray for Anna's kidney stones to dissolve right now in Jesus' name. No more worrying over those things. We ask that you would zap them right now. (laughs) 
in Jesus' name for kidneys to function properly. Father, we ask that you would heal our eyes. Hmm. Let us be like Moses, Joshua, Caleb. Their eyesight was not dim. As old men, God, we release that over all of us here in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Anything else? Uh huh. Let's do, um, let's do that. Mental illness, Alzheimer's, dementia, anyone, family members, people you have going through that, that is an evil uh, sickness disease. Those are evil because our memories are like the best thing that we have. So, Father, we come against that spirit. We believe it's a spirit. It's, a, it's, a, it's an evil, um, evil spirit that's come to torment and we break the tormenting spirits right now of, of insanity, even God, of mental illness, of, of dementia, of Alzheimer's, God, uh, of just the tormenting of the minds, God. We ask right now that you would cover their minds, that you would remove these sick symptoms, and that they would be completely healthy and whole, God. Hmm. Well, if we didn't cover it, we want to pray for you. Come to the front. Uh, if you want to take communion, it's here. We'll just do the self-serve kind of thing. Come up, take communion. Uh, break apart in places with your family. If you want a fellowship, we want you to do it. Um, but can you go to our very small foyer and uh, enjoy that? You can spill down the halls if you need to. Um, but, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matt and Belinda wanted me to invite all of you tonight. They're having a Super Bowl party at their house. And during halftime, it'll, they'll do their family life, kind of talk about family stuff, and then go back to the game. And he wanted me to make sure and tell everybody that you're welcome to, to be there. Um, we can get your ad- address for, for you if you want it, so see me after. Um, I think that's it. If you need prayer for anything, someone will meet you here at the front, Tilly, the prayer team. Um, but we are going to do communion, so um, do that. And Kyle, can you just put some worship on? And Thank you, everybody. You're a guest. Thanks for coming here. If you don't have a home church, I can recommend a good